Welcome to the Medicine Paris podcast. Last week, we discussed all the great day trips you can take outside of Tokyo, Japan. If you missed it, go check it out. We talk about visiting Mount Fuji, the Ghibli Museum, and the Cup of Noodle Museum, and a few others. It's fun and totally random at the same time. However, we know a lot of you listeners have not been with us since the beginning, and we had a great episode on Tokyo. So since we realized that you may not have heard it, we thought it might be a good time to put this up as a repeat. Check it out. This was originally aired in November 2018. Welcome to the Meet Us in Paris podcast. I'm your host, Zen. I'm Michelle. Catherine. And this is the podcast where we discuss the fine art of travel. Today, we're going to be focusing on Japan. We're going to be discussing our gotta-go plays in Japan and a location that's a little bit off the beaten path that tour books might not highlight. Then afterwards, we got a new quiz, and so we're going to stump each other trying to figure out what the answers are and to test your knowledge of Japan. So sit back, relax, and explore the world with us. We've got some great stories to share. Meet Us in Paris is sponsored by the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. Do you have an educational goal? At UCI DCE, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals, and we can help you reach yours too. You can find us at CE. Dot uci.edu dream big take risks be amazing we're back and uh the the first part of our show is um talking about japan and i thought we would highlight okay first of all if you haven't been to japan what we what typically you might see so like one let's say for example paris one of the things that might people would say you have to go see the louvre or you have to go see the Eiffel Tower. and But what we want to do is also kind of explain why these are kind of important or why we think you should go see them too. Then the second thing is if we have a kind of secret off the bean path thing that doesn't show up, may or may not show up in a travel book, or if it does show up in a travel book, it might only have like one paragraph. I'll go first. Yeah, perfect. So the first place is Japan. And I got to say, the one thing that's incredibly touristy, but I still think you should go do it, is you should go to the Tokyo Sky Tree. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know what the Sk- Tokyo Sky Tree is, the Tokyo Sky Tree is a lot like the CN Tower, um, like in Toronto, or it's the, I think they call it it's the Space Needle in yeah. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's this incredibly large tower. Um, I'll give you a little bit of interesting history about it is, first of all, there's something in um, Tokyo that looks like the Eiffel Tower, except it's painted orange and white. It's called Tokyo Tower. It does the, That particular tower actually serves a function beyond being um, something where you can go visit and go up and see a panoramic view of the city. It actually was a radio tower as well. Um, when they put in new radio frequencies or television frequencies apparently that tower wasn't tall enough to um, broadcast all over tokyo so they needed a new tower so what they did was they created tokyo tower which was a tourist attraction and it also has the functional aspect of being an actual tower that can broadcast signals all across tokyo 
Now, the reason why I think you should go to it is it's a couple fold. Um, first of all, if you go to the basement, there's a lot of interesting things to do. Basement, I shouldn't say basement. There's actually like almost like a small shopping mall at the base of the right. base of this thing. And there's all sorts of crazy cool shops there there's like the if your kids are into pokemon pokemon or if you're into pokemon they have pokemon shops they have great restaurants they have great places to go hang out and take a look at little uh stores um also they have i believe at the basement there's also an aquarium of it as a pretty cool aquarium there seems to be an aquarium like in every corner of tokyo for some reason (laughs) but it's it's a wonderful uh it's a wonderful aquarium but at the top, you know, you really, I think I like to, whenever I go to any city, I'm always a sucker for a high perspective view of the city. So my suggestion is um, you really should go check this out kind of at dusk. So when you're waiting for the sun to go down, and it's just beautiful to see the twinkle lights of the city. So I, I, even though lots of people say, oh, it's just a tower, and I, and I agree, it, there's lots of places to go look at, but there's a lot of other things that you can do in Tokyo Tower at the same time. I'm talking about Tokyo Tower I'm or sorry, the, the, I'm sky sorry, t- the Sky Tree. Right, it's Sky um, Tree. The Sky Tree. But I tell you what, you know, alternatively, you know, you can go to Tokyo Tower or some of the other, but I think any, actually, I should say any city, you need to see the vantage and get a perspective of the city. It gives you a little bit of a better idea of scale. And I, 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 I'm a sucker for Tokyo Sky Tree. It's like, 35 bucks to go up, right? There is that. There is that, I know. I think we did, I think I would, I wonder if it was Tokyo Tower that I went, but we were able to find an alternative that wasn't as expensive as that. It wasn't as tall, obviously, yeah. but well, you could still see. There's a government building um, that's free. Oh, yeah. Um, also in, I don't pronounce this well, my Japanese is terrible, Ibusu is, uh, it's a, in that part of the city, there's actually a tower, and at the top, not a tower, it's actually, a, it's almost like an office complex, and they have restaurants at the top, mm-hmm. so you can actually go to the top and look around. Yeah. And so there's a, quite a few places, but the, Tokyo Tower, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just kind of sucker for Tokyo Tower. Right. Just because it's so touristy. <laughs> right. <clears throat> All right, how about, moving on, Katharina, what about you? Sure, so... When you go to Japan and you're in Tokyo, I would suggest going to the Shinjuku Garden. It's a very beautiful garden. It has It's one of the largest gardens in Tokyo, and it consists of three types of gardens, Japanese landscape, English landscape, and a French garden. So it's really nice if you kind of want to get away from the busy city just to go walk around and have a picnic in the park. Yeah. Um, my turn, huh? So, <clears throat> one of my favorite places to visit, I think it's just so beautiful and unique, it's um, it's an island in uh, Hiroshima Bay, it's called, uh, the, the name of the island is Itsukushima, but it's also known as Miyajima Island, which is, which is Japanese for um, Shrine Island. So this is where you've probably s- seen in pictures, it's really iconic, that has the, um, it's called a Tori Gate, so you know that that's in the middle of the bay, I mean, leading into the shrine itself. So it's like this structure that's built into the water in the bay. And you've probably seen it. It's just like this really elaborate reddish gate. Oh, yes, I have seen photos of that. Yeah, so that's like, that's at the entrance or, you know, the entrance or the closer part to the actual shrine that's there. And the shrine is built out over the water and... um, so at high tide, it looks like it's floating on the water. It's it's really beautiful. It's all orange. 
Um, I think it was built in, I was reading that it was built in the 12th century. So oh, wow. it's pretty Very amazing. Cool. Yeah, but the island itself, it's about an hour outside of um, the city of Hiroshima. You just take a ferry over there. Okay. It takes cars to... Um, it can get kind of busy, though, Is on the weekends. Is it a big island or small island? It's a smaller together? island, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's super quaint. I don't know how many. There's not very many residents, but there are <laughs> you know, some local residents that live there. Um, it's a really romantic place to go for like a weekend, and it does get busy on the weekends. But they have um, a bunch of traditional ryokans there. Mm. So not like massive hotels and mm-hmm. you know, usually get a meal plan there. <laughs> and it's just it's so cute. And then you have waterfront rooms and looking out onto Hiroshima Bay. And um, there's also like a really cool traditional architecture shopping restaurant sort of area with like little small alleyways, you know, like cool. in the traditional style. Yeah. And then Miyajima is also known for oysters. They have their own oyster fest in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And so there's oysters all over the place. And there's big, <laughs> fat oysters, too. I'm mean, like, that gets me. I can't eat the big, big ones like oh, that. Yeah. It's like, I know, it's just too much if you have to <laughs> chew it too much. Oh, but um, <laughs> I know. Um, and also... Um, this is where they have all the deer that just they're oh, yeah. really oh, friendly to the people okay. and that tag team of two stole my bag of goods <laughs> out of my purse yeah then we go we have to be careful for the deer yeah keep an eye out on those guys but yeah they just hang out you know and they just they, they come right up to people and then they just sleep in the planters you know it just and they all sleep butt to butt they're drunk yeah they're drunk <laughs> deer. <laughs> but no I'm that was like bambi right that was just like one of my favorite places to be, you know, and, and it was cool because it was a good jumping off point to go and have a very s- sobering visit at um, Hiroshima, the museum oh. there. Yeah, so, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's very sobering. But yeah, it's a great place to visit. Okay, so I'm going I'm to go with our off the bean path. So these are the things that I think are a little bit more interesting because, of course, everyone's going to see the Tokyo Tower. Well, maybe not yours, Michelle. Um, but I would say I'm going to – oh, shoot, there's actually three things. I'll mention, I'll mention real quickly then. Um, the first one is something called Iriyama Senbei. It's a rice cracker shop in Asakasa. Asukas, I, once again, I, <laughs> I know terrible we, at languages. Yeah. Um, but this is a rice cracker shop that's been open for 100 years. Wow. And you can go there, and they have been making rice crackers continuously for 100 years. They're about, how should I, they're about five inches across, and they, and they still make them over a charcoal grill. Oh, wow. So apparently they make the dough, they make, they form the cookie, rice cracker shapes they let it sit in the sun for a couple days and they actually roast them on a a charcoal grill there's a and they're sitting by them and they got like a couple like maybe i'm gonna guess about 150 out and they're doing something i think they're stepping with their foot and the grate kind of rises and lowers slightly so they don't burn and then there's a guy with tongs who actually turns them over one by one wow um and i actually purchased them and they're First of all, they're thicker than the typical rice crackers, and they have, but they're incredibly dry on the inside because of the way they roast them over the charcoal. Mm-hmm. So they're incredibly crisp, and there's a reason why they haven't changed it for a hundred years. Is why change perfection, you yeah. know? 
Um, second, th- uh, so can you get them outside of Japan, or is it such a low production? I would it's, imagine it's hard to. It's low production. They don't. Yeah. In sell fact, all over. I remember it's like we bought a tin, and it was like a, it was like roughly the size of a shoebox, and I think I paid something like fifty bucks for the. Whoa! The, and, and they were really, really <laughs> They're good. They're good. Yeah. But I mean, I almost bought half for the tin. I mean, it's just a typical tin, but it's just like a, it was kind of a souvenir and rice cracker mm-hmm. combination of the two that I bought it for. Um, the other th- yeah, and rice cracker. Actually, you know, now I come to think of it, I just remember each cracker costing roughly a buck fifty to two bucks a rice cracker. So I guess if there's twenty five in there, you know, mm-hmm. that's yeah, okay, that's still an accurate number. Um, the other place is that if you're an animation fan, um, there's a uh, animation house in Japan called uh, Ghibli Studios. And so they did a lot of famous movies. Um, some of them are Ponyo that were translated in English. In fact, um, Walt Disney Studios were distributing them, Spirited Away. And if you're in the know, they actually have a small museum that's on the west side of Tokyo. Um, it's about a 45 minute. Um, it's about a 45 minute uh, bus. Yeah, it's bus 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 ride out there. And, you know, it's only a couple dollars to get fares to go out there. It's totally worth it if you're an animation fan. You really have to go see it. If you decide to go see it, the one thing you must do is you only can purchase tickets two different ways. Apparently, they have a uh, store called Lawson's, which is another type of 7-Eleven convenience store. You can buy them in a shop there. But they sell out quite frequently. The other way to get them in the United States, you want to get them well ahead of time, um, at least one to two months ahead of time if you can, is there's a Japanese tourism board, and you can order them ahead of time, and they'll mail them to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, usually they have like a, I think it's like a 90-day or two-month window before, let's say, two months from now. And literally the day it opened up, they half the times are sold out. You either can have a morning showing or an afternoon showing, and I think all the mornings were actually sold out by the time I got on. And it was I was only like five minutes late, so make sure that you go and book that ahead of time. Yeah. They're always booked well ahead of time. So, what's your secret, Michelle? Oh my, um, I think people are starting to learn more about this, but <clears> I <throat> I remember it's been pretty obscure for a while. But there's. Um, I forget the name of the actual island, but you can Google it. It's called, they call it Bunny Island. And I first learned about this from our former colleague, Shana, because she went when she went to go visit her friend. There's also a cat island, too, by the way. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, it was my plan the last trip we were when we were there that I was definitely going to go because we were heading towards Hiroshima, and um, it's along that way and on that, all those bunch of different channel islands out there. And um, so basically the, the island back during World War II was a, a plant for manufacturing poisonous gas during the war. <laughs> so that's, you know, people, their families lived there. And then, you know, it was had a whole community and um, it was just the production for poisonous gas. And then after the war, of course, they shut it down. And is that, uh-huh, yeah, poison, there's a poisonous gas museum. I know it sounds kind of cryptic, right? So they turned the factory or they built a museum oh there and the island was abandoned for decades and there were bunnies that were left there. And the bunnies just started multiplying. They didn't have any natural predators on the <laughs> island. Well, that's so, what bunnies do, right? <laughs> right. And um, so if you look online, you can see there are 
thousands of bunnies. I mean, it's just kind of, it's almost kind of scary. Like <laughs> they just kind of swarm you and they're not, you know, they're friendly and people like to feed them. So <sighs> that's my goal is to get there one day. Michelle's a bunny lover. I love the bunnies. Well, we're, we're allowed to do things that we want to go to. So there's actually another one, another island in Japan that is called, they call it Cat Island. Okay. Are they I've feral? Never been here. They're feral cats. So they're not friendly? No, they're extremely friendly. Oh. So um, I've actually, you can once again Google Cat Island. There's some YouTube videos. It's very remote. It takes, there's like one boat on, one boat off a yeah. day. Yeah. Um, it's also, there's like, I'm not even sure if there's a hotel or restaurant. There's like one restaurant. One restaurant. On yeah, island. same with the Bunny Island. Too. There's like one hotel, one restaurant. And, and the story is that it used to have a, um, clothing manufacturing um, plant on the island. Okay. And um, all the rodents would come in and eat the cloth. So they started um, offering, yeah, yeah, they were pest control. And now, like, you go onto this little island, and there's just cats everywhere. You just walk down the street. They're friendly. They come up to you. And they actually, I mean, they're kind of like the deer I was telling you about before in the last episode where they bow. Well, people take food. Yeah. And they'll bring little cups of water, and they'll they'll feed and pet all the cats. So the cats are all really friendly. Is the factory still there? um, The factory's closed, my understanding. It's been closed. There's some islanders, and I think they're, like, fishermen for the most part uh, yeah it's a lot I of cats yeah, handle I, it. i'm just looking at yeah. images just like hor- like hordes, hordes of, of cats, cats. Yeah. i mean and they're all friendly oh you know my goodness so i, I that sounds like nirvana a, i know <laughs> i know the bunny on it was a hard sell with the group i was with you know they're like no we don't want to go yeah firemen they're not too excited about that but i can just <laughs> i imagine guys. myself just laying down on the grass and just letting them swarm all over me <laughs> 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 it's like i died and gone to heaven that's awesome <laughs> bunny heaven <laughs> all right uh-huh. you're up the bat katharina okay so when i was in japan i took the bullet train from tokyo to kyoto and we were in the Kyoto train station, which I never thought that the Kyoto train station would be something interesting to visit. But it's actually one of the most beautiful train stations I've ever seen. It's 15 floors. It has... What? Yeah, 15 yeah. floors. Yeah. So it has its own shopping mall. All, and then the top two floors I, are just restaurants. And then when you're... At the bottom floor of the basement, I guess, of the train station, before you get on your train, they have lots of little small restaurants. They even have Michelin stars. Wow. Which was crazy. Yeah. In a train station. In a train station. Wow. So okay. it was just, I had like two hours to kill. So yeah. I was like just walking around. That's like Tokyo Station, too. You know, it's they have all the shops and then the ramen row down in, in the um, the bottom of the basement. Yeah. They're, it's really similar. Yeah. yeah. Super cool. And then. If you are there and you like Chinese pork buns, get go to 551 Horai, and they pack it for you in like a nice little red box. You can take it on the train yeah. and oh, eat it, yeah. and it is so good. Yummy. <laughs> yeah, like they sell those little um, little bento boxes bento that boxes. you can take on the train with the little yeah. sandwiches and stuff like that. It's so good. So good. Um, I tell you what, whenever I'm in Japan, like half my meals come from 7-Eleven. <laughs> oh my God, this, the food in the 7-Eleven is the really? bomb. Oh my goodness. And, you know, it gets really crowded in there at, yeah. at lunchtime and dinner time. The packaged meals are really, really good. They're not a hot dog to not be a seen. Hot dog, no. I mean, they're just like, <laughs> the, the food fried is chicken just like. It's the and it's fresh and it's yeah, just like it oh so yummy oh, wow. it's crazy is that crazy that is crazy i mean yeah. i i'm not kidding like literally half my meals like yeah. whenever i'm in tokyo it comes from a 7-eleven to save money <laughs> yeah so. oh i go back for that fried chicken it was so <laughs> dang good 
I was just gobbling it up. And it's not like I can't afford to eat somewhere else. Right? It's, it's almost by choice. <laughs> you know what I remember about being at um, the train station in Kyoto? It was so interesting. The crews, like the, the trains, especially the bullet train, it's a little more expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're immaculate. The trains oh, are yes. oh, yeah. so clean. And we were standing by when one of the trains came in, emptied all the passengers, and then the crew, the cleaning crew came out. This is so cute. This is so typically Japanese. The men were in light blue jumpsuits, and the women were in pink mm-hmm. jumpsuits. And they all kind of like scutter along, you know, single file into the train. They clean it all down. When they come back out and they're finished, they bow yep. to the oh, people yeah. waiting to get on the train. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so amazing. You know, everybody has so much pride in what they do, yeah. no matter what it is. So there's, and- there's a little story. Um, just about the Japanese culture and just about their properness is that the um, Japanese team actually made it to the World Cup this this past World Cup and but they were eliminated in an earlier round um, when the officials came back to their locker room after the Japanese had left they had cleaned out the locker room and made it spotless and left a note that says Thank you so much for having us and like some mm-hmm. very gracious yeah. notes. But apparently it was cleaner than when they started. <laughs> yeah. And no, it's yeah. true. I mean, the, the elementary school kids, kids in school in Japan, they have to clean their own school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they make their own lunches and stuff. But that, that's what they do. They teach them this sort of ethic, you know. Yeah, that's the respect. And, and apparently yeah. the Japanese, um, the, the fans who came to see the World Cup after the, the after the soccer games would happen with their team, they would actually hang out for like half an hour and they would help clean the stadiums as well. I mean, that, it's just a culture that yeah. is just like about respect and you know, it, it's it's a, that's why I think we all like Japan so much. So, yeah. all right, well now you got a couple different places, um, just the main places to go to Japan, and then also some suggestions for like slightly off the beaten track. Yeah. So afterwards, oh, we're gonna have a little commercial break from our sponsor. But afterwards, we're going to have a little funny quiz and test your knowledge to see how much you know about Japan. Oh, you didn't tell me about that earlier, did you? It's a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, we'll be right back. (laughs) They're called goals for a reason. There's something to strive for. They require attention, and they need sweat and hard work to achieve. Do you have a career goal? At UCI Division of Continuing Education, we're here to help. With over 60 certificate programs available, we've helped over a quarter million students reach their goals, and we can help you reach yours too. Start today at ce.uci.edu forward slash be amazing. That's ce.uci.edu forward slash be amazing. And we're back. So this is our new quiz show. This is part of, going to be part of our podcast going forward where we ask random trivia about the topic of the day of course our topic our country of the day is japan so these are all going to be questions about japan the country so first question you guys ready yeah okay here's our first question how many vending machines are there in japan oh my god there's got to be so many because everything is in a vending machine isn't it yeah. You can even buy beer in a vending right. machine. Right. 
which I think is super cool that you they have beer on the streets and you don't have kids yeah. running up there trying to it's buy beer. <laughs> yeah, it's total honor system, right? Yeah, well, and, they're, and they're everywhere. I they mean, are like, everywhere. I mean, if you're in any city, I yeah. mean, like you take a look around mm-hmm. and it's just like try to take a photograph anywhere in any city mm-hmm. outside that doesn't have a vending, <laughs> vending machine. Yeah, they're yeah. everywhere. Vending machine for everything. Yep. But this sounds like stalling to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Wait, wait, in, in all of Japan, you said? In all, all of, of Japan. Japan. There's probably more vending machines than people. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, maybe... Two million. All right, wait. Michelle has two million. Wait, what's the population of Japan? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's roughly... I'll I'll let you re-answer this, Michelle, if you want. I can I I can come up. I my understanding it's roughly one hundred twenty six million, roughly one hundred twenty six million people. People. Of, let's say fifty million. Got fifty million, and do you want to keep your answer, or do you want to revise your two answer? million? Two million. Aww. The actual answer is ten million. Five point f- five point five two million. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. So okay. I was close. To that's that. a points to Michelle. <laughs> uh-huh. That's uh, I'm going to give you roughly. I'm going to give you five and a half million points, points okay. for that for that answer. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so it's five and a half million. So that's actually a one to twenty three ratio. Yeah. So for every twenty three people in Japan, yeah. There is one vending machine. That's awesome. And um, like we were discussing, there are incredibly there's it's incredibly diverse what you find in the vending yeah. machine. They sell beer, <laughs> hot and cold canned coffee, coffee. Um, cigarettes, wine, beer. I see comic books, sodas, of course. Yeah. Sodas are everywhere. Um, I've seen heated food like hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a cold one that actually has uh, bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're actually uh, vacuum sealed bananas, and they okay. sell them. Um, they have uh, bags of rice, toilet paper, uh, umbrellas, yeah, hmm. um, fish bait. I've seen toy kids toys in them, yeah. um, and other things that we can't mention on a family show, right? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it. it's just amazing Isn't how many crazy? different things they have in yeah. a vending machine. And I was told the reason for that is that um, because Japan, um, actually, Japan doesn't have a lot of children. Um, They are not, they're actually... uh, They have a low birth rate. They have a very, very low birth rate. And because of that, their service sector is impacted. They don't have lots of people to be in the service sector. So to make up for some of that service sector, actually, the vending machines... Like so, you have a vending machine, so you can grab sodas and all these things, yeah. and it reduces the need for the service sector. Yeah, interesting. Okay, random trivia number yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> okay, so here's our second question. Second question is: What is the most popular fast food on Christmas in Japan? Pizza Hut. We have Pizza Hut as one answer. Why do you think? Why do you yeah. think Pizza Hut? I I do remember there being a pizza company that was really popular. They have t- like these huge fleets of scooters for delivery, so they really do a lot of pizza there. But I say McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> I have Pizza Hut because, and I feel like it's I've seen it a lot, 
Okay. I feel like in that it's very popular, so maybe they'll made into a tradition to get Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. You said fast food, right? It's fast food, it's yeah. It's fast food. Yeah. I don't know. The answer is Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, oh that was my second <laughs> For guess. For Christmas? For Christmas. The Christmas okay. dinner? So here's the story about Kentucky Fried Chicken in Japan. Uh-huh. Um, apparently in the 70s, perhaps maybe even the, uh, I think it was in the 70s, um, Kentucky Fried Chicken opened up in Japan. And um, there were some expats who were actually in, walked in, and the owner of the store actually overheard them saying, it's like, hey, oh, man. Um, they were kind of like, oh, missing turkey dinners. And the chicken was the closest thing that they can get mm-hmm. to a Christmas dinner. In, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Tokyo. Yeah, mashed potatoes and corn. Yeah, yeah. you got everything <laughs> except for the turkey, essentially. Right. And so the, the owner heard that and went, huh. Um, the Japanese at that point really had no idea what Christmas was. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, okay, so we now can form what Christ- what the Japanese consider Christmas. Mm-hmm. So they started to sell started selling Christmas buckets of chicken. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the the Japanese population came to know chicken or Kentucky fried chicken specifically and associate it with Christmas. Oh, wow. So every Christmas time, they sell these, uh, you have to see this. They actually will have, you had to pre-order your food ahead of time, maybe oh. up to a month ahead of time. Wow. There's lines around the block. Oh, wow. There's That's over 3.6 million Japanese families that eat this during Christmas time. Oh. And you can order it with champagne, you, and there are a couple, oh, like, $100 boxes. Yeah. And it's just the Christmas thing to do. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> so KFC's good. Yeah, I KFC know. is good. And the biscuits. And, and the last thing is, is so I always thought was interesting was that the executives, because it is such a heavy volume day, all the executives from corporate actually go down to the individual stores and help hand out or act as a cashier. Wow. In, once again, Japanese culture is like everyone on board and just to sell more chicken. Or, or at least uh, distribute the chicken. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of neat. Wow. So. so they have a lot of franchises there? Um, yes. Kentucky Fried Chicken, there's a lot of franchises a lot of there. I yeah. don't remember ever seeing any. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. And, and you know, like, if they're, um, they're I'm sorry, if, if their 7-Eleven food is that good, you know yeah, the KFC, right? the KFC must good. be amazing. <laughs> yeah. They certainly don't get their chickens from over here. <laughs> they probably get them sourced locally i would imagine yeah i got a story that goes sideways okay now nah, one of these days i'll tell you my beijing kentucky fried chicken story no nope. oh, well, okay. another wanna. time yeah another time <laughs> <laughs> okay so what's our score we, we have five point five and a half million to zero, zero right because no one <laughs> got the second question okay um question number three what candy Parents buy their school children before an exam. Oh, I know this one. Oh, well, since you know this one, we'll let Michelle give a guess. Let's see what is she candy. What candy? Is it Pocky? That's Pocky will be your answer. Okay. Okay, Katharina, what's your Kit Kat? Kit Kats it is. I almost said green tea Kit Kat, man. I almost said Kit Kats. Dang. <laughs> Do either one of you know why Kit Kats? Why? Okay. So Kit Kats sound like, actually, Kit Kat, if, you, if you're in Tokyo, they actually have 
Kit Kat stores. Yes. And they're like mm-hmm. full Kit Kat stores yes. and they sell seasonal flavors. They, I, I purchased them. There's one that I got that was like grapefruit and pistachio. <laughs> I had one that was butter. I had some Kit Kats that were wasabi, rum raisin, mm. um, uh, sake. Wow. Um, uh, all sorts of different flavors. Yeah. But the reason why Kit Kats are so popular and why they give them to school children is Kit Kat sounds like the Japanese words uh, kitokatsu. I'm not sure, once again, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but which sounds like you're sure to pass, or I've also heard that it translates sure win. So oh, the parents okay. give their children yeah. Kit Kats as an encouragement. It's like, we know you're going to do well on your exam. And it's now becoming a, a cultural phenomenon. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they are a bit obsessed with Kit Kat. They are. Now we know why. Yeah. <laughs> but they're so good. I wish I went to a store like that when yeah. I was there. When yeah. we got the airport ones, it was, I think, green tea and strawberry, mm-hmm. which are I, still really good. I actually actively... S- so they sell like a, the ones that you're talking about at the airport, but I actually uh, actively s- seeked, uh, seeked out? Seeked out? Sought. Sought. sought, sought out. That's the word. Sorry. <laughs> Low command of the English language. Um, I sought out the uh, the boutique stores, and they actually they have a little tiny like a little tiny museum case talking about the history of Kit Kats. <laughs> they have different all the different flavors. They have the flavors of the month. They and it's just amazing, and it, it's a boutique. It's almost like you're. I'm not kidding you. The experience is almost like the equivalent of walking into a Rolex shop. Right, right. You know, they they got people who are very. Um, very properly dressed and talking about Kit Kats and selling them. Well, Kit Kat is an American candy company. It's made by an American candy company, right? I thought so. I Let's thought Kit see. Kat was pretty like a sure. Danish from a Danish uh, company. Pretty sure. Where it's it was. American. So I wonder how it someone looked this up. So they must have their own manufacturing over there in Japan, since it's so popular and they have all these crazy flavors that we don't get. Over I, th- here. I think they do. They almost have it became to. Became a thing. United Kingdom. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was an American company that was sourced by. And you. now it own, it's owned by Nestle. Nestle, yeah. okay, well that's international, basically. Huh? Yeah. Well, Nestle's so. European. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. not an American. No, form. that's not. It's that's like a Scandinavian. No, I think oh, it's no? Scandinavian, Scandinavian, isn't it? Nestle. Let me check. The power of the smartphone. I love Google. I know. All right, while we're while we're trying to find that out, uh, we Swiss. got two more. Co- Swiss. Swiss. Nestle. Gotcha. So I, I think they must sell about five point. Five and a half million Kit Kats a year, so I'm gonna now you both are even with five and a half million points there each. We're <laughs> tied. <laughs> They're a tiebreaker. Uh, there's actually two more questions. Oh, okay, so okay. let's see. Um, question number four. I, let me see how to phrase. Okay, I'm gonna. What was Japan's oldest company? You don't need to say. Okay. How old was Japan's oldest company? Is it still in existence? It went out of existence in 2006. So it was in business as late as 12 years ago. So how you don't need to name name the company. How many years was it a continuously working company? I don't know how long it was. Okay, because I'll, I'll guess. Okay, so um, I think Bonus it's an electronics. Bonus points if you know the answer. I think it's an electronics company. Okay. And I would have to say then maybe uh, maybe 100 years, 80 years. Okay. 80 years. 
So I think it would have been formulated after World War II. I'm going to give you both a hint. Okay. Okay. The company started, when it started, it by far predated any type of electronics. Much older. Oh. So it's not electronics. So it's not electronics. Oh. Mm. Oh. I bet it's a ramen company. 200 years. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> no, 100. It's predated. It's older than 100, you're saying. It's you older than 100. Okay. So, I mean, it well predates electronics. Oh, okay. okay. Maybe it's a. Who knows? It's got to be soy sauce or sake or something. So. Chopsticks company? 1,000 years old. One, are you both going 1,000? <laughs> <I guess>, yeah. <laughs> 1,001. Oh, this is Price is Right. <laughs> so, you, Michelle, you get anything under 1,000. And Katharina, you get anything over 1,001. Yeah. Okay. I like it. The answer is 1,400 years. Wow. So, wow. Yay. So, the, the story behind this is it was a construction company. And um, it's, uh, it's a construction company called Congo Gumi company limited and it was started as the world's it's a world's oldest continuously ongoing independent company um, operated it for 1400 years and um it was headquartered in osaka osaka and um what they did was they built temples Oh, and the, okay. so and this is i think equally interesting it was started by a korean so when they wanted to build the temple, they actually hired three, uh, I understand, three Korean architect builders or something like that. One stayed on and opened up this company. And it's been continuously running for 1,400 years until 2006, where it was absorbed into a larger company. But I understand it still is, works as a subsidiary by itself. Mm-hmm. And um, they still make temples to this day. Wow. Oh. That's interesting. That makes sense, though, because yes, they... Temples have been around much longer than most things. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. now, so since it's 1,400 years, I'm going to give Katharina 1,400 <laughs> points. So she has now. Wait, I said 1,000. Yeah. Said she had 1,001. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Okay, okay, so we, we have our last and final okay. question. Michelle, I'm sure you can get the answer to this. I don't know about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, everyone knows what the Shinkansen is. It's Japan's bullet trains. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how fast can the current um, fastest Shinkansen train go? Kilometers or miles? Um, can I give you in kilometers? Um, I'm going to have to translate it. Sure, you can give it to me in well, then you know. So <laughs> I'll guess look, too. Did, did you look on my no, desk for these questions? No, but when you're going on the train, like I would look how fast I was going. Okay, let's let's. Well, which maybe you weren't on the fastest ones. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can you can. Uh, I'm gonna say 200 miles per hour. Okay, we got 200 miles per hour. Okay, and I'm gonna say 245 kilometers. So okay. I don't know how many miles that is. Uh. I'm the ugly American, so... <laughs> I, you know your metric system? I don't know my metric <laughs> No one okay. knows the damn metric system. Let's see. Co- co- you said 245 kilometers. kilometers. I'm looking this up. And that is the equivalent of... Uh, 152 miles. So Michelle has 200 miles. Katharina has 152 miles per hour. Is that your final answers? I'm thinking... 
Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. The answer, answer is... is... Uh, 224 miles per hour. Yay! Uh, nice. To, to Hoku and Hokkaido <laughs> services. Um, their, their train goes that fast. Mm -hmm. I um, meant to say miles, not kilometers. <laughs> yeah, you should, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, because you nailed it in the kilometers, right? In the well, mi What's the miles per hour? It's 252 miles nice per hour. But if she said, no, but the, what is the actual answer in miles per hour? It's uh, 224. Oh, okay, 224. Yeah, 224. Okay. Um, so these things are amazing. It used to be they kind of looked like bullets. That's why the, they call them bullet trains. But now they got these things. They look like duck bills in the front of them. Mm -hmm. And it's just for the aerodynamics and make it quieter in the train. So to kind of give you guys an idea of how quickly this train would go if it was in the United States, everyone is a little bit familiar with California. At the bottom of California, there's a city called San Diego, and towards the top middle is one called San Francisco. Uh, currently, if you drive that, that's about seven, it's like eight, ten hours, about nine, ten hours, or yeah. something like that. If you were in the Shinkansen, it would take you. Two hours to go from San Diego all the way up to San Francisco. Well, I would Governor be Moonbean's going to get us a bullet train. Who's that? Governor Moonbean. He's going to get us one of those bullet trains, he says. We can go How many years ago that was like signed off on? Yeah, they well, started. Well, they're building parts of it, right? They, they are, kind of, but they're super over budget. I'm waiting for Elon already. to build me one. Right? Yeah, either Elon He's or... get you in an enormous pneumatic tube and just shoot you there in a matter of seconds. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like the old banks where they used to shoot, shoot your bank notes through the building, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, from the drive-thrus. Speak yeah. for people. All right. Well, yeah. with that note, okay, so the, uh, I believe, Michelle was the winner of that. I think so. You were the closest. What's I my thought prize? it was a tie. Okay. I mean. was it? Everybody gets a trophy. Then. <laughs> Our millennial needs well, you a trophy. Went 200 and then she went, no, she was, she was closer. We'll just call it a tie. We'll call it a tie? Yeah. So, about... Just because Michelle can win this one, next one I win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. So on that note, that ends our podcast for this week. And stay tuned for next week where we're going to come up with another country to discuss. So we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.